So the focus of the next two lessons is going to be on one of the most important cases that you need to understand for, for the course and for purposes of the right to freedom of assembly, which is the Mugumwana decision, which is a constitutional court decision, which turned around the giving of notice in order to be able to exercise the right to freedom of assembly. Um, this case will be the basis of today's lecture and will also form the basis of the guest lecture which you'll be mm -hmm. having on Friday. The guest lecturer is one of the convicted persons in the Mugumwana matter and he was part of the court case as one of the convicted persons and he's got insider insights to, to share with you and so it should be a really interesting uh, conversation with the guest lecturer on Friday. I'm hoping it's going to be a virtual lecture. I'm hoping that you're going to engage with him thoroughly and he'll be very eager to answer all of your questions and to share his knowledge as well. So it's going to be a virtual lecture and you can feel free to put on your video camera and particularly if you're asking a question it would be great if you could put on your video camera but if you feel too scared to do so, or if you just don't feel comfortable with doing so, then you are free to leave your camera off when asking questions. So this coming Friday's lecture, although it is a guest lecture, it is an examinable lecture because of the fact that it deals with S versus Mugumwana. So before you go through these podcasts, I will strongly urge you to first have a read of the constitutional court decision and to read the decision quite carefully if you want to you could also what is also prescribed is the high court decision and the high court decision is also fantastic in terms of helping you to understand the court case and to get on top of the facts so i'll urge you to read both prescribed readings the constitutional court decision as well as the decision in the high court in Ukawana. So assuming that you've already had a look at the court case, these, this next lecture is going to proceed on that basis. So what happened in Isthmus' Mogunwana, without boring you too much about the facts, because we should all know the facts from reading the case, what happened was you had the Social Justice Coalition, the SJC, they're one of the most um, profound, profound, they're one of the most popular social justice uh, movements and activist organizations in the country. And one of the main things that they work on is uh, one of their campaigns is the right to sanitation and particularly they do work in Kailicha around the right to sanitation and to decent toilets in particular for the residents of Kailicha. And they were engaging with the city of Cape Town, with the mayor, about the situation on the toilets in Kailicha, but then they hit a brick wall and there was a lack of engagement on the side of government and they were very frustrated. So what they decided to do was that they were going to hold a protest at the Civic Centre. So in the Civic Centre in the city of Cape Town where the mayor's office is based, the headquarters for the city of Cape Town, they decided that that is where they were going to hold their protest. So what they did was in groups of five, there was 15 of these SJC members that were protesting Five, 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 in groups of five, they chained themselves to the staircases of one of the entrances to get into the civic center. So they essentially were all, when you reach a particular entrance and people wanted to enter the civic center, they were chained there on the staircase wall uh, railings for five, five, five of them, right? So 
One of the important things to know from the get-go is that the Regulation of Gatherings Act had a distinction and it distinguishes between what they refer to as a gathering and what they refer to as a demonstration. So the Regulation of Gatherings Act is one of the prescribed materials for the section of the work. So I'll assume you know what I'm talking about. The Regulation of Gatherings Act is the principal legislation dealing with the right of freedom of assembly in the country. So what the Regulation of Gatherings Act does is that it distinguishes between protests where there are 15 members and protests where there are more than 15 members, right? So at the time that this decision went down, what was required was where there were more than 15 members wanting to be involved in a protest, all of a sudden the protest went from being a a gathering to being a demonstration, And once there was a demonstration, what was needed is that where there are conveners, so conveners are the people that are going to uh, arrange the the protests. So these conveners do all the administrative work for the protests and they essentially make sure that everything is going according to plan. So where there are more than 15 people participating in a protest, the conveners are expected to give notice of that protest. So what happened in the case of Mukumwana was we had these people chained to the civic center and as people pass by, other members of the organization, SJC included, as they passed by, they too decided that they were going to chain themselves to this particular fence. And they got arrested on the basis that they had contravened the Regulation of Gatherings Act. So a whole group of them got arrested, over 21 of them, Right. And so they were arrested and they were taken before the magistrate's court. And one of the things that they argued was that the provision in the Regulation of Gatherings Act that required them to give notice where there were more than 15 people attending a protest was unconstitutional because it limited the right of Section 17, that's the right to freedom of assembly, in the Constitution. And because it was the magistrate's courts, the magistrate's courts do not have jurisdiction to deal with constitutional matters. So because it was in the magistrate's court, the magistrate convicted them, but then referred the matter to the high court so that the high court could decide. And when the magistrate convicted them, the magistrate uh, was quite lenient. And the magistrate said, look, this was this was a gathering where there was peaceful protest, even though temperatures were running high. Um, the, the particular uh, convic- convicted persons in this instance that had come before the magistrate, they had kept their calm, they had kept their cool, and there was no violence that had erupted, and the magistrate stressed this. So then the matter was referred to the High Court. And what happened in the High Court was that SJC had argued that this section of the Regulation of Gatherings Act that required notice, or you would be could potentially face criminality. You could potentially be convicted of an offence if you don't give a notice in certain instances that this section was a violation of Section 17 because it had the effect, what they refer to as a chilling effect. So it had the effect of making people feel uncertain and put off, discouraged and like, mm, no, I don't think that I'm going to hold a protest because there's this danger that I can get arrested uh, as a convener of a protest, 
because of the fact that more than 15 people have come to the protest and now all of a sudden I'm open to liability. So the, the SJC argued that because of this chilling effect that discouraged people, the Regulation of Gatherings Act, this particular section requiring that notice be given, was a violation of Section 17, right? And the High Court ultimately agreed with SJC and they said there was a limitation of section 17 and then they went into what we refer to as the limitation analysis. So if you remember from the initial lessons we spoke about the fact that you need to first determine whether or not the right has been limited and thereafter you need to determine whether the limitation is a reasonable and justifiable one. So the High Court found that the Regulation of Gatherings Act, this particular section, had violated Section 17 of the Constitution because of this chilling effect and because of this deterrent effect that they have on people who would otherwise want to hold protests, but they are scared about this potential criminal liability. And then the court had to decide whether or not this uh, limitation on Section 17 was a reasonable and justifiable limitation. And the court said, look, criminality, the consequence of criminality is extremely severe and Section 17 is a very important right in our country, an important right to our democracy. And there are other ways in which the the state would be able to regulate protests and make sure that everything is in order besides requiring that notice be given and that you'll be criminalized if uh, no notice is given. So there are other ways of managing the matter. And on that basis, on the basis of how severe the limitation was and how important the right to protest is and the fact that there are alternative means to regulate protests besides uh, mandatory giving of notice with the consequence of criminal liability. The High Court ultimately found that the violation to Section 17 was unreasonable and unjustifiable. So then the matter was referred to the Constitutional Court. And in the Constitutional Court, the court found that Section 17 had been, uh, uh, had been limited. So what SJC had argued was that it was unconstitutional, the section of the Regulation of Gatherings Act, Section 12.1a, that required that notice be given was unconstitutional because it criminalized those people that want to convene protests and they are being criminalized merely because they never gave notice. And what government had argued was that Section 12A was needed because all that it sought to do was to regulate the exercise of the right of Section 17 to make sure that everything happens in an orderly fashion so that they get notice first so that they know what to anticipate and they know what's coming in terms of that particular protest. So they argued that because of this, because all that was required was to regulate the right, Section 17 had not been violated. And then... What the state also argued was that even if Section 17 were violated, that that violation was a reasonable and justifiable limitation of the right. And so ultimately, the Constitutional Court had to rule on all of these issues.